0: Mediated Conversation on SAFM Good morning, 28 minutes now to 9 the time, time for your Mediated Conversation this morning. Earlier this week the Gauteng Community Safety MEC Faith Maziboko announced that her provincial government is going to be rolling out surveillance cameras and panic buttons to help sex workers. The idea is that these cameras and these panic buttons would be installed in areas where sex workers operate so that they can get help if they need it. The MEC says that if a client doesn't want to pay or becomes violent, the sex worker would be able to push the panic button and the police would come to help her. But at the moment... Sex workers still illegal. If you're found to be selling sex, you can face criminal charges. We also all know that police officers are accused on a regular basis of extorting money from sex workers. So then, will this measure work? Will panic buttons work? Will surveillance cameras work? What about the relationship between sex workers and the police? First this morning, Mickey Medji is the Executive Director of the Survivor Empowerment and Support Program. Then you'll hear from Pina Kodasang. She is the C- the Chief Executive Officer of the Seoul City Institute. And finally, from the Sex Workers Ed- Education Task Force, you'll hear from their spokesperson, Katleho. Re- uh, you'll hear from Megan Lessing. She is the Communications Manager for the Sex Workers Education and Advocacy Task Force. Excuse me. We start then with the Executive Director at Survivor Empowerment and Support Program, Mickey Meji. Mickey, good morning and thank you for your time. Good morning and thank you for having me. Firstly, what measures do you believe would work to make sex workers safer?
1: There is nothing that can be done to make the system of prostitution safe, except to abolish it. Let's just get that straight. Prostitution will never be safe for any woman, especially, um, unless it is abolished. That is the only way that we can do. First and foremost, this is a ridiculous idea that Miss um, Faith Masubu is talking about, um, panic buttons, have we even managed to, to, to distribute that for, for, for the woman selling tomatoes um, on the streets? Because she's also unsafe. So what's so special about this so-called um, the, the sex work in inverted commerce? Because I do not even view this system as work to begin with. So there's nothing that can be made to make it safe unless we also just deter the demand for, for paid access to women's bodies for the objectification and uh, sexual gratification of men. So, so we need to deter that. We need to, uh, we need to deter pimping and we need to deter brothel keeping and also just invest um, economically or uh, on the economic empowerment for uh, South African, especially poor black women
0: so mickey i think everything that you say must be correct i can't imagine anyone saying we need you know a greater sex worker industry or more prostitution not less all of that would be nonsense no one wants it but it can also be a bit like gambling gambling is bad for a society and we've taken a decision uh, to regulate it in a particular way there's certain other things you could say the same for alcohol for example so if that is the case are there measures that government could take to make you say that sex work can't be made safe, I accept that. But could it be less dangerous than it is now?
1: Um, there is no way that this could be made less dangerous. I mean, because um, Stephen, a lot of people normally just think about prostitution being out there, being decriminalised, as if it's going to be, it's going to happen out in the open. Let's um, understand it's only the, uh, with the initiation of the negotiation that could happen out in the open, mm. but then if the people wants to start engaging in sexual activities, it's not going to happen out in the open. Men and women are going to go into isolated places where these uh, crimes will take place. From what I know, also just look at I mean you know condom use um, among prostituted persons and, and, and the sex buyers, and I don't call them clients because I do not want to glorify Them, so they are just sex buyers. What what I'm trying to say is that the man will take the woman from here and he will only start negotiating non use of condoms while they are in an isolated area, the bush or, or wherever. And this is where this person does not have the power. Do we even have enough police officers to police each and every single household where domestic violence is happening for us to even have panic buttons? to have police officers responding to, uh, to, to, to each and every single case of a, a sex buyer that doesn't want to pay for, for paid access. What kind of a country are we? Very barbaric, I say.
0: Hmm. Um, <laughs> if a sex worker presses a panic button, are the police the people she really wants to come? I mean, don't we know that police officers many times don't support sex workers? They probably make things, I, I suspect, they might make things worse in some cases we also just
1: um when we sent her our speaking and i don't know why why we are clouting this we are we are we are speaking about this as if the police officers are the sole perpetrators of crime, criminal offenses against prostituted persons but let us just bring into light the actual per, uh, perpetrators um you know people i know of many women women who have died at the hands of sex buyers pimps and brothel keepers and nobody's saying anything about that the only thing that we want to speak about are police officers in fact i don't know of one woman who has died at the hands of police who's being prostituted by i know of many who has been violated yes but i know of many who has died at the hands of pimps brothel keepers and sex buyers and we're shying away from speaking about that and we find this insultive actually of miss faith matthews to come and say sex workers need panic buttons and they want to decriminalize they are not listening to survivors of the sex trade who are actually saying we want out, we want out, we want economic empowerment, we want to go back to school. We want to we, we want to go we want to go and study. We want economic empowerment. We want jobs. Proper jobs actually decent jobs, dignified jobs. That's what people are wanting, not some uh, panic buttons to be paid for sexual access to their
0: bodies. There is this idea um, that if we decriminalize sex work, which is, is, I think, still the stated policy of the governing party, although it hasn't happened, that it will just, you know, I think you use the word panacea, that it'll change everything. Suddenly everything will be a lot better. You're saying that's not going to happen at all. Does that mean we shouldn't decriminalize it?
1: what what um, what we are saying now steve includes us by saying that if we decriminalize um, sex work as you mentioned it, um that we are go- going to make it safer we we mean by decriminalizing pimping and decriminalizing brothel keeping and decriminalizing the purchase of, of sex because that's what we mean by dec- decriminalization of prostitution there is, there is no benefit, actually, for the person that is called the so-called sex worker. And uh, we need to understand that in order for you to be a worker, you need to be employed. So if we are talking about sex work being decriminalized and being recognized as work, in order for the street-based prostituted person to become a worker, qualified, qualified worker, that person needs then to be employed. And the employer is, therefore, the pimp and the brothel keeper. So we need to understand these things because we t- tend on just using this term, uh, glorified language by clouting everything and not just making it like, seem like a gray area. We need to to, to, to actually just you know, talk about what do we mean by the decriminalization of the so-called sex work. Because this is not decriminalization of sex workers uh, because if you ask me, I am for the decriminalization of the prostituted person, but I am for the continued criminalization and penalization of sex bias, protest keeping, and pimping. And not only that, but I'm also for for the economic empowerment of those who are being prostituted Mm -hmm. and also those at risk of being lured into the industry.
0: Mickey Meiji, thank you very much indeed, Executive Director of the Survivor Empowerment and Support Programme. You with SFM, your mediated conversation around the Teng Province's idea of panic buttons for sex workers continues 19 minutes to 9 the time. Pina Kordasang is the CEO of the Seoul City Institute. Pina, good morning and thanks for your time.
2: Good morning, Stephen, and thank you for having me.
0: On the one side, we have the Gauteng Provincial Government saying it's implementing a policy, so surveillance cameras and panic buttons, to protect sex workers. On the other side, it's still illegal for sex workers to operate. Is it just me, or is there a contradiction here?
2: It is a contradiction, because how do you say you are criminalising the work, but you want to protect the workers within a criminalised Work environment. So that issue needs to be resolved, and and I think the protection of the sex workers is what the country needs to do because we we are a country that have signed up to the Maputo Protocol. We have a constitution that gives people freedom of work that uh, you know also guarantees that there should be no harm. You know, and when harm is done, we need to remove the harm, and make sure that we protect the human beings within the country. It doesn't matter what traits they are in, they deserve the protection uh, by law of this country. So, I think that contradiction exists, but we cannot then remove the fact that sex workers need protection. Whether we agree with the work that th- they do or not, I think it, we, it's, it's beyond the point. The point is, if they are being... um. Harmed if they are being killed, if they are being violated in a country that says violation is a crime is is a crime, we need to resolve those um, issues.
0: Um, there's uh, been this huge debate for some time around decriminalising sex work, and I made the point earlier that sex work may never be made safe, but could be managed in, be- in a better way than it is now. Would decriminalising sex work actually make any difference in that regard? Would it take us in a better direction?
2: If you look at countries like um, uh, the Netherlands in Amsterdam, you know it's not it's decriminalized. It's sort of structured in the way that it is done, um, and and the workers in that environment, you know, are safer. And it's sort of um, an industry that is managed properly, uh, if if I may say that. So I think if South Africa follows that route. You know, um, where we guarantee a workspace, because when you follow the example of Netherlands, they have somewhere where they work. It's a it's a safe space where they work and within an, a, a protective environment. I think for, for me, Stephen, you know, and, and I heard what the first speaker said, for me, the important thing is South Africa, and that, that's the problem of democracy, South Africa gives all of us the right and the freedom, freedom of choice, freedom of movement, you know, so if it's within the constitution to say you can choose, why then deny somebody a choice that they are making? And and if they say within their choice, as a country we need to protect you, then let's do that. You know, we can debate the morality and everything else, but in the, at the end of the day, we are talking about human beings who must be treated with respect who must be protected because they are in a country that says we protect all our citizens.
0: It might be one thing to decriminalize sex work, but we found, for example, that um, we had a conversation about this on the show earlier this morning, that we may have very good laws on paper for how uh, victims of sexual violence are supposed to be treated, but they're still treated often quite badly at police stations, not all the time, but very often in this case we could decriminalize sex work but would that necessarily change the way police officers treat sex sex workers and isn't part of the problem here how police officers treat sex workers
2: in fact it's not even a problem of sex workers alone how police treat women in general whenever they are violated how many times do we hear of women saying i was raped i went to the police station i didn't get help as a woman in a domestic violence um You know, set up, you go there, then they go and say, no, it's a a family matter, go and resolve it. The other day we were hearing how, even with protection orders, police are not following up, and women die holding these protection orders in their hands. So it's not just the treatment of sex workers, but it's the treatment generally of women in this country. And, and we see it maybe more amplified when we look at LGBTQ, um, when we look at sex workers. But generally, treatment of women in this country leaves a lot to be desired by everybody, including police.
0: We've seen the governing party saying for years that as a policy position, it wants to decriminalize sex work. And yet it hasn't happened. Why do you think it hasn't happened? There's a
2: lot of pushback, um, I believe. And that is why you know, we, we are not getting where we, we should have been. Um, it's 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 a matter of who sits in decision-making uh, positions at the time when the bills are being passed, who's passing the bill, and what their belief system is. I believe as a country, we still don't, and, and, and the first speaker is very clear about it, we don't believe in sex work as work as a country, and that is why decriminalizing it is taking so long. It's another way of saying we don't want you to trade in this manner, and therefore we will do anything and everything to to make sure that, you know, you don't trade in that way. So the political will was committed, but it's not translating.
0: Could the ANC be scared of big opposition to this, other political parties, or do you think it's division in their own ranks? I mean, could there be groups who would make this a big political issue? And I can imagine certain religious groups, church groups, perhaps, Pina, who might well Mm. use this as a sort of way to campaign against the government strongly. I mean, and there might be votes there for them.
2: Sure. I think, like I say, it's about, you know, who's sitting in decision-making positions and what informs they are taking the decision or not taking the decision and i'm sure for the governing party the 2024 vote is a big one for them and if you see how they campaign they go to churches which have huge uh following um you know huge numbers are there so they are treading carefully not to upset the voters the potential voters and you know probably they are hoping if somebody takes the next government it will be their problem to solve Um, but right now people are not moving at the pace of trying to get to decriminalization.
0: Um, Could it be that the people who are making these decisions politically so the people slowing down the process for example I mean could it be conservative men rather than women or maybe not?
2: Conservative men and women. It's not that on this issue, it's only men who are against it. I, I want to argue that actually, men benefit a lot from this industry. Um, but I'm sure it's conservative uh, human beings, both men and women, who hold very, uh, you know, fundamental beliefs uh, around sex and around work.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Pina Kudasung is the Chief Executive Officer of the Seoul City Institute. It is, as you know, a complicated conversation which has been underway in our society for quite some time. But the aspect this morning is around how the Kharteng Provincial Government wants to install panic buttons and surveillance cameras, they say, to protect sex workers. At the same time, as you know, sex work is technically illegal. Megan Lessing is a communications manager at the Sex Workers Education Advocacy Task Force Sweat. She'll be next on your mediated Conversation this morning. It's 11 minutes to 9. Mediated Conversation on SAFM Continue your Mediated Conversation this morning Around the Gauteng Provincial Government Plan To introduce uh, panic buttons for sex workers Megan Lessing is a Communications Manager For the Sex Workers Education Advocacy Advocacy Task Force Sweat, Megan, good morning Good morning Uh, You've consistently argued that sex work should be decriminalised What kind of measure would you propose?
3: In terms of what the MEC uh, just brought up, I actually caught part of the conversation Well, part of the MEC speech. And um the you know, the the cameras and the, the those measures that they want to employ in and around yoga, it is actually a wonderful idea. And what I caught from what the MSC was saying, it was not specifically just for sex workers. Well there's there's a realization that women and other vulnerable um, populations, of course, are vulnerable to high levels of violence in this country. But it's, that, that sex workers have an added, you know, a compounded vulnerability. And that's a good idea in terms of, of those. In terms of the, the the panic buttons, again, it was not rolled out specifically for sex workers, but sex workers were recognized as a population uh, that could, you know, um, benefit from something like this. But it is, like you said, like putting a plaster on a very big hood. You cannot protect... Uh, a population who you've also criminalized. You know, you make them vulnerable and then offer some measure of protection. Um, The violence that sex workers face from police are very real. You know, the South African Medical Research Council did research two years ago in 2021, surveyed over 3,000 sex workers in Johannesburg and found that one out of seven sex workers have been raped by policemen. So, you know, the police is not, you know, a protection for sex workers. You know, the question whether, uh, you know, if sex work is decriminalized, would it make a difference in where the police is uh, treating sex workers? You cannot police something that is not a crime, you know, that if sex work is decriminalized, then yes, you know, the police should become, you know, what they should be to every other South African citizen, a protector. And in and, and that case, we do believe that that's, you know, what should happen
0: so you you suggest you you believe that what the MEC is suggesting is actually progress in some form, the fact that their sex workers are recognised as a vulnerable group.
3: It is it is progress in in some extent, but it is really a progress that is um you know not systemically addressed. You cannot, as I said, you know protect someone, but then in the same place, make them more vulnerable because that is exactly what criminalisation does. Mm-hmm. You know it exposes sex workers to operate, you know, um, in very dangerous situation, underground, and then offer them the opportunity to call the police when the police, in many instances, are the Mm. perpetrators of the sex
0: Could one of the reasons that some people oppose the decriminalization of sex work is that they do not want to increase the number of men buying sex. They don't want to increase sex work. Mm -hmm. If it were decriminalized, would that lead to a a bigger sex work industry, which would probably be a bad thing for society?
3: Um, I don't believe in probabilities. I believe in research. And wherever sex work has been decriminalized across the world, in Belgium, in New Zealand, in certain states in Australia, it has no impact on the size of the sex worker population. And we don't expect it would be. You know, sex work is a choice. You know, it can, and that choice kind of can, it exists on a continuum of whether it's for survival, whether it's work, but um, there is no such research to back up such claims that it would increase the sexual population.
0: Okay. Are there other measures then that government could also follow to make sex workers safer? So decriminalization, which I know you support. Are there other things that government should be doing? And I imagine this is also about how the police deal with sex workers or possibly about having proper criminal sanctions for the men who buy sex or maybe just ensuring that men who abuse women themselves are actually taken to court rather than the situation now where it seems these cases sometimes disappear.
3: We have to also be very realistic about the law that currently criminalises sex work it's a very It's a law very difficult to enforce. you know you have to find someone to have sex and then found evidence that they were paid for the sex you know it's very difficult to to prove so what has happened is is that and we've talked about this before that sex work is currently um policed under the bylaws, and those bylaws are so vague and arbitrary you know that it opens it to widespread abuses by the police because it's loitering and vagrant in such type of laws that are interpreted as the police pleases at, at this point. And we have to look at how ineffective, you know, that criminalized law is. And what then, the well, whether it's intended or unintended consequences is, is that it is there. In terms of what else can be done, it's really difficult to come from that position if you don't decriminalize sex work first. I, I think you've mentioned it before in the specific program that decriminalization of sex work will not address, you know, it's not going to be a, a panacea moment, you know, everything will be all good. But you cannot address harms and, and challenges within a trade while you are criminalizing and making people vulnerable to violence, to stigma. Um, so decriminalize first. And then we can address, and what decriminalization also does then, because that uh, policing relationship with the police falls away, another level of relationship mm. gets to be developed in terms of talking about how, you know, sex workers deserve protection like any other person, of course, in this country. Other relationships in terms of 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 trade. and You know, we have an informal economy. You know, the idea that sex workers work is not ridiculous. South Africa has a thriving informal economy you know and for people whether you're uh, you are in a formal informal economy you deserve protections in terms of labor rights and labor laws so. and you also deserve protection in terms of security and safety
0: megan lessing we'll have to leave it there thank you communications manager at the sex workers education advocacy task force my thanks also to pina Kudasung from the Seoul city institute and starting us off today mickey Meiji.